Good evening and welcome to Northminster for this Good Friday service. This is the night where we face our fears. This is the night when we allow the grief to expand rather than trying to compress it to make it fit into a manageable size. This is the night we acknowledge that the darkness is real, that we are here in the midst of it, that there's no use in denying it. And this is the night we see each other through to the end. Whether our Good Friday service has always been a part of your tradition, or if this is your first time joining us, we are grateful to have you with us tonight. On this night more than ever, it is imperative that we walk this last stretch of the journey toward the cross hand in hand, even when we can't physically do so. The church around the world has long held a tradition of observing Good Friday with a tenebrae service, one in which a candle is extinguished with each reading in the Passion narrative until the service finally ends in darkness. Our service tonight will follow loosely in that tradition. It is only in fully embracing the journey through the darkness that we can fully enter the light that awaits us on the other side. Join us now on that journey. What have I been feeling this season? I think like a lot of people, uh, I've been worried, uh, feeling fear uh, for my family, uh, for my friends. I've uh, had several friends who uh, have shown signs of um, having the coronavirus. I'm feeling tired, angry, confined, and also grateful. Well, I don't feel anger unless I'm watching how uh, poorly Trump grasps things, and I really get angry that people don't take the guidelines for social distancing very seriously. I have felt a lot of anger, um, anger, resentment. Mostly sad. Sadness? Yeah. Why? So I'm missing out on my senior year. I don't know if I'm going to be able to walk or not at graduation. At graduation. <laughs> I do worry. Uh, I worry about people I know, um, people are, who are in the, the heart of these heart, well, hot zones, hot zones of medical community overload. Sometimes right now it just feels like we're kind of sinking like into a sad pit for some people with the isolation, I mean. It's like, it's dragging us. Like, like we're in seeking sand right now. I think fear is always an underlying aspect to any time there's change or things that we don't know and definitely when there are threats to 
livelihood and life, it just, there's, you can't escape it. I myself am feeling a little bit of fear because I'm a little bit worried about jobs and stuff like that. I am very emotional. I have spurts of what I call high levels of productivity. I get a lot of things done. Um, and then I have other moments where I just kind of sit paralyzed um, with concerns, with sadness, with anxiety. One thing we've had to give up this season with the shelter in place order uh, was Molly's fifth birthday party. She turned five on March the 25th and uh, we had been planning her birthday party ever since Christmas. She was so looking forward to seeing all of her friends from school. I'm mourning the lack of common sense and civility and the loss of personal presence. Just being able to hug people. <laughs> Just being able to put my arms around someone and, and have that connection to them. I never realized just how difficult it would be to not do that. After Jesus had said all this, he left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. There was a garden there, and Jesus and his disciples entered it. Judas, the traitor, knew the place well, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So he led the Roman cohort to the place, along with some temple guards sent by the chief priests and the Pharisees. All were armed and carried lanterns and torches. When Jesus saw them, knowing what was going on, he stepped forward and said to them, who are you looking for? Are you Jesus of Nazareth? They asked. Jesus said, I am. Now Judas, the traitor, was with them, and when Jesus said, I am, they all drew back and fell to the ground. 
Again, Jesus asked them, who are you looking for? And they replied, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said, I have already told you, I'm the one you want. And if I'm the only one you're looking for, then let the others go. This was to fulfill what he had spoken. Of those you gave me, I have lost not a single one. Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's attendant, cutting off his right ear. The name of the attendant was Malchus. And Jesus cried to Peter, put your sword back in its sheath. Am I not to drink the cup Abba God has given me? And with that, the cohort and its captain and the temple guards seized and bound Jesus. First, they took him to Annas, father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the temple authorities that it was better to have one person die on behalf of the people. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. This disciple, who was known to the high priest, entered his courtyard with Jesus, while Peter hung back at the gate. The disciple known to the high priest went back and spoke to the doorkeeper and convinced him to allow Peter inside. As he entered, the doorkeeper said, aren't you one of this man's followers? Panicked, Peter answered, no, I'm not. The night was cold, so the attendants and guards had lit a charcoal fire and were warming themselves. Peter sat with them, keeping warm as he waited. Meanwhile, inside, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teachings. Jesus answered, I have spoken publicly to everyone. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple area where the whole Jewish people congregates. I have said nothing in secret. So why do you question me? Ask those who have heard me. Ask them what I said to them. They know what I said. When Jesus said this, one of the guards standing by slapped him and said, Is this how you answer the high priest? If I've said anything wrong, Jesus replied, point it out. But if I'm right in what I said, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him, still shackled, to Caiaphas, the high priest. Back outside, Simon Peter was still standing there warming himself. Others asked him, aren't you one of the disciples? Peter denied it again. I am not, he declared. One of the attendants of the high priest, a relative of the attendant whose ear Peter had severed, spoke up. Didn't I see you in the garden with him? But still, 
Peter denied it a third time. At that moment, a rooster crowed. At daybreak, they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the praetorium. The temple authorities didn't enter the praetorium, for they would have become ritually unclean and unable to eat the Passover Seder. So Pilate went out to them and asked, What charges do you bring against this person? They responded, We wouldn't have brought him to you if he wasn't a criminal. Pilate told them, Take him yourselves, judge him by your own law. And the temple authorities replied, we don't have the power to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said about the way he was going to die. So Pilate re-entered the praetorium and summoned Jesus. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked. Jesus answered, do you say this of your own accord? Or have others told you about me? Pilate replied, am I Jewish? It's your own people and the chief priests who have handed you over to me. So what have you done? Jesus answered, my realm is not of this world. If it belonged to this world, my people would have fought to keep me out of the hands of the temple authorities. No, my realm is not of this world. Pilate said, so you are a king? Jesus replied, you say I'm a king. I was born and came into this world for one purpose, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who seeks the truth hears my voice. Truth, scoffed Pilate. What is truth? With that, Pilate went outside and spoke to the people. I find no guilt in him, he said. But according to your custom, I always release a prisoner at the Passover. So do you want me to release this king of the Jews? And to his surprise, they shouted back, No, not him. We want Barabbas. Barabbas was a robber. So Pilate ordered that Jesus be flogged. The soldiers responsible for him wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They dressed him in a purple robe and went up to him repeatedly saying, All hail the king of the Jews. And they struck him on his face. Pilate came out once more and said to the crowd, Look, I'll bring him out here to make you understand that I find no guilt in him. And Jesus came out wearing the purple robe and the crown of thorns. Look upon the one you accuse, said Pilate. When the chief priests and the temple guards saw Jesus again, they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! Pilate told them, Do it yourself. I find no reason to condemn him. We have a law, the temple authorities replied, that says he ought to die because he claimed to be the only begotten of God. And when Pilate heard this, 
he was even more afraid. Going back into the Praetorium, he asked Jesus, where do you come from? Jesus didn't answer. You refuse to speak? Pilate demanded. Bear in mind that I have the power to release you and the power to crucify you. You would have no authority over me, Jesus replied, unless it had been given to you by God. Therefore, the person who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Upon hearing this, Pilate attempted to set Jesus free, but the crowd shouted, If you set him free, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king defies Caesar. Hearing these words, Pilate took Jesus outside and seated himself on the judge's seat in the place called the pavement, Gabbatha in Hebrew. It was almost noon on the preparation day for the Passover. And Pilate said to the people, Here is your king. Take him away, they shouted. Crucify him. Pilate asked, Do you want me to crucify your king? The chief priest said, We have no king but Caesar. So Pilate handed Jesus over to them to be crucified. They took Jesus, carrying his own cross, to what is called the place of the skull, in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they crucified him, along with two others, one on either side of Jesus. Pilate wrote a note and had it placed on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. The notice in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin was read by many people because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. The chief priests said to Pilate, Don't write King of the Jews, but this one said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate replied, I have written what I have written. After the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothing and divided it into four pieces, one piece for each soldier. They also took the seamless robe. The soldiers said to one another, let's not tear it. We can throw dice to see who will get it. This happened in order to fulfill the scripture. They divided my garments among them and for my clothing, they cast lots. And this is what they did. Standing close to Jesus' cross were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary of Magdala. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing there, he said to his mother, Here is your son. Then he said to his disciple, 
here is your mother. And from that moment, the disciple took her into his household. After this, Jesus knew that now all was completed. And to fulfill scripture perfectly, he said, I am thirsty. There was a jar of cheap wine nearby, so they put a sponge soaked in the wine on a hyssop stick and raised it to his lips. Jesus took the wine and said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the preparation day, the temple authorities asked Pilate to let them break the legs of those crucified and take their bodies from the crosses. They requested this to prevent the bodies remaining on the cross during the Sabbath, since that particular Sabbath was a solemn feast day. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first one and then the other who had been crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they found that he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, pierced Jesus' side with a lance and immediately blood and water poured out. This testimony has been given by an eyewitness whose word is reliable. The witness knows that this testimony is truth so that you will believe. These things were done to fulfill the scripture. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture that says, they will look upon the one whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one for fear of the temple authorities, asked Pilate for permission to remove the body of Jesus, and Pilate granted it. So Joseph came, and he took it away. Nicodemus came as well, the same one who had first come to Jesus by night. And he brought about a hundred pounds of spices and a mixture of myrrh and aloes. And they took the body of Jesus and they wrapped it with the spices in the linen cloth, according to a Jewish burial custom. And there was a garden in the place where Jesus had been crucified. And in the garden was a new tomb where no one had ever been laid. And since it was the day before the Sabbath and the tomb was nearby, they buried Jesus there.
Come by the fire Lay down your head My love, I see you're growing tired So set the bad day by the bed And rest a while Your eyes can close You don't have to do a thing But listen to me sing I know you miss the world The one you knew The one where everything made sense Because you didn't know the truth That's how it works Till the bottom drops out And you learn We're all just hunters seeking solid ground Don't stop trying to find me here amidst the chaos Though I know it's blinding, there's a way out Orpheus, just stay here, hold me in the dark, and when the day appears, we'll say, we did not give up on love today. Restore your faith I'll try and somehow make a meaning Of the poison in this place Convince your love Don't breathe it in You were written in the stars that we go swimming in It has no name No guarantee It's just the promise of a day some may never see, but that's enough. If the bottom drops out, I hold my love. Was someone else's solid ground? Don't stop trying to find me here amidst the chaos. Though I know it's blinding.
today.